And it's that time that we're trying to do each and every week, although because I'm at the Grand Wayne Center tomorrow with all the Republican uh, people who think they matter <laughs> at the Grand Wayne Center tomorrow for the Republican Reagan bean dinner, including former Vice President Mike Pence. Uh, our our dance card is a little full tomorrow. So I said, well, then let's make time on Tuesday because I don't want to miss a weekly visit with our good friend from 95.3 MNC up in Mishawaka, South Bend, Casey Hendrickson. Casey, good afternoon to you, my friend. How you doing, Pat? I'm I'm doing well. So, um, did did your world rock when Tulsi Gabbard said, "Okay, that's it. I'm out as a Democrat." She wasn't really playing the Democrat dance card for the last several little bit, anyway, was she? I I'm surprised it took her so long. To be perfectly honest with you, um, when she was running for president, I told everybody that you know all the evidence you needed that the Democratic Party didn't have a soul was that she wasn't their nominee. Yeah. And for the record, if Tol- if Tulsi Gabbard were their nominee, I believe that she would have won and I believe that she would probably win re-election in 2024 fairly easily. Um given, you know, what we know about her. And that's, you know, somebody who doesn't agree with a lot of her domestic policies, but there's one, you know, a couple of things with Tulsi Gabbard that I think everybody is kind of clear on. She loves America, she's a patriot. She only wants America to succeed, and she genuinely cares about the American people. And that's where conservative principles lie. That's always where conservative principles have, have lied. And that's, you know, where the Democratic Party has tried to put their marketing. But like she said in her announcement that she was leaving the Democratic Party, that party that party died a long time ago. There's a reason that Zell Miller and Joseph Lieberman, um, who in spite of disagreeing with Lieberman on just about everything, is a national hero because he killed universal health care, by the way. Yep. You know, this is um, this is a party that doesn't accept any of those people anymore. And Tulsi Gabbard is not welcome there because Tulsi Gabbard is not a venomous, rabid, feral, you know, psychopath, which is basically what's running the Democratic Party and seems to be fueled by those types of people in their base in between elections. Not, not to try to draw too many parallels, but isn't this a little bit of the mid-60s with Ronald Reagan? I didn't leave the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party left me. Yeah, I, I had the exact same thought. You know, she she is a Democrat, but she's a Democrat in the traditional patriotic Democratic Party sense that, you know, a lot of us grew up with, where we had two good parties that put up two good people, and you would have, you know, to decide what are the national issues that are most important and who has the better policies to deal with those. And then you'd have a polite discussion with your friends and neighbors about that. You know, that's that's where Tulsi Gabbard is. She's just like I said, she's not one of these radicals that is I I use the word feral because it's the only word that I can describe people like Antifa and a lot of the BLM type people and these trans activists and things like that. They're not normal human beings and they certainly don't represent most Democrats in this country. And the fact that most Democrats continue to allow them to have the bully pulpit and steer the direction of the political party, because if you look at the Democratic Party's platform over the last several elections, it is grossly out of line with what mainstream Democrats believe anyway. Yes. So why they continue to support them, I don't know. Most Americans, when you have your coworkers, you have your relatives, you have your neighbors, and you have political disagreements with them, you know that they're not crazy people. You just have disagreements on certain things. That's where most Americans' experiences are. The Democratic Party right now, their public messaging is Republicans are evil, Republicans are demonic, and Republicans want to enslave people, they want to kill people, they want to do all this, which is obviously nonsense. And most Americans know that isn't true. So I'm actually just surprised that it took Tulsi Gabbard this long. I think that she was probably a bit optimistic in saying, 
hey, if I go out there and I give my message, maybe I can coax independent, as she phrased it, independent-minded Democrats to kind of come forward, and maybe we can steer this party on in the right direction for the first time in a long time. And she's realizing that people like her don't have control of the party. The radicals do. Would there be any any ramifications from her actions here that would cause maybe three to five percent of Democrats to maybe not go into the booth in November and pull the lever they thought they were going to pull? Because three to five percent doesn't sound like a lot. But if three to five percent of Democrat voters said, "Okay, either I'm not voting or I'm switching, that would be enormous. If she has that effect, that would be devastating because there's one demographic and only one demographic in the United States of America that continues to grow with the Democratic Party. Every other demographic is shrinking and going more independent or more to the right. And a lot of them are signing on with Republicans. Some of them are just independents at this point in time. The only demographic that the Democratic Party continues to grow are white, upper-class, suburban women. That's it. No other demographic, uh, regardless of race, religion, any of that, no other demographic is growing with the Democratic Party. They're all shrinking. And if you look at the data, particularly for young black men, they are fleeing the Democratic Party in droves. Uh, if you go and you look back at, at you know, 2008, you had 95% of black Americans supporting the Democratic Party. Now, a lot of that's going to be because it's Barack Obama. It's an historic election, right? right? But if you go back to all the years before that and all the years since, the Democrats have been mid to high 80s for, uh, for support among black Americans. They're now in the low 70s. They are bleeding and hemorrhaging people. There has been a 65-point swing with Hispanic voters in the United States away from Democrats towards Republicans nationwide. They are losing everybody by constantly trying to turn people against each other. The only people that you and I run into on a regular basis who are like, Democrats are all right and Republicans are all wrong, and, you, know, you know, slander us online and everything, they are a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percent of the brain-dead amoeba out there who just buy into lies and slander because they're good party people and they think that that's going to get them a good mansion after, you know, the rest of us are thrown into gulags. Nobody else believes this. Where do you think this puts her in the future? What What is next step for her? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think this happens. But but this morning, as I was sipping my coffee, this this dark, evil hope in my heart sprang into existence that you get somebody like a DeSantis or even a Lindsey Graham or a Ted Cruz, if they're at the top of the ticket, that they pick her to be the bottom of the ticket? Because I would love nothing more than to see a vice presidential debate between Tulsi Gabbard and cackling Kamala Harris. Did you and I talk about this when we were in D.C.? I don't remember. I had the exact same idea like a while back. I don't don't know if you and I spitballed this when we were in D.C. together, but... I think if DeSantis is, you know, the Republican nominee and he picks Tulsi Gabbard, a Democrat, and, and I know that there's going to be a lot of conservatives out there kind of shudder and cringe at this. But, you know, there is an opportunity here and there's a, there's something to be said for, hey, can we kind of unite ideologically? Can we kind of heal the divide that's been continuing to grow over the past 20 years? Is that possible? Yes. 
but it's going to take people of two different political philosophies who have respect for one another as Americans and as human beings to come together and say, look, we disagree on a lot, but we're going to run on a united ticket so that way we represent at almost all Americans. And I think that if you had a DeSantis and a Tulsi uh, joint ticket, I think that could go a long way towards doing that for independence. It's going to tick off conservatives. It's going to tick off liberals. But the independents are where you're going to want to pick these votes up. And since more and more people are leaving the right and leaving the left and going independent anyway, yeah, it honestly could be, in the long run, the, the best move just for our society's sake. So I had the same idea a little while back. I said, I don't know if we, we spitballed that. but And Tulsi Gabbard is somebody that, you know, as a conservative, if she were president, I wouldn't wake up every day cringing about what's happening. I know that we'll have disagreements or she'll do things that I won't like. And I'll criticize those things, but I'm going to wake up every day knowing at least if Tulsi Gabbard were president, so let's say DeSantis passes away or something happens and she takes over, because that'll be the argument, right, if she's the VP, I'm not going to be mortified every day that I wake up that Tulsi Gabbard is trying to bring the country down. Joe Biden is trying to bring the country down. Pete Buttigieg would try to bring the country down. The entire leadership spectrum of the Democratic Party right now hates America, and doesn't want America to exist as it was founded. C. Gabbard is not in that camp. She loves this country, she serves this country, and she loves her fellow Americans. That would give me comfort, even if I had disagreements with her. And and she carries with her, and you can hear it not just sometimes in the things that she says, but how she says them, the way that she can have a thought, keep a thought, articulate a thought. It gives you some confidence that there is some there there. And not just with Joe Biden. But also with his vice president, I'm not sure that cognitive is a word that can be used to describe either one of them. Look, Kamala Harris got to where she's at. We all know it, but we won't talk about it because of the FCC. (laughs) But the reality is um, everybody at the top right now in the Democratic Party are blithering idiots or crazy people. You know, the fact that when Gavin Newsom said in 2024, if Biden doesn't run, I'm in. Gavin Newsom is automatically the front runner in the Democratic Party. Now, for those of you who don't know anything about Gavin Newsom, maybe that doesn't mean anything. For the rest of us, that's hysterical that Gavin Newsom is automatically the front runner for the Democratic Party because the guy is a clown and is one of the dumbest human beings on earth. Can't run a state. Speaks, well, there's there's that. I mean, but he he's been terrible at every job he's done, and if you listen to him talk for more than a sentence and a half, he will express how utterly dumb he is in, in more grandiose ways than even Kamala Harris can. And that's a lot of the country doesn't know that. They just see him, oh, he's got slick back hair and he's got a nice suit and everything else. But the reality is he's a moron. And I don't say that as somebody who just disagrees with him. He's literally dumb. And he's not going to be able to hold his own. So that, that right there, the Democrats, we already knew the last, uh, you know, going back to 2016, actually, we already knew the Democrats didn't have a bench, and they don't have a bench now. They have nobody to develop. They were hoping Pete Buttigieg would be that guy, but Pete Buttigieg, as we tried to warn the entire country, our yep. former mayor, um, he's also not equipped to do anything at all. I mean, this is just a guy who is completely lost in the wilderness, and they gave him the most cushiest job in, in the government, which is basically run on autopilot, and somehow... Pete Buttigieg managed to screw up transportation secretary. Yeah. So this is this is not a, a political party that has a lot of options at this point in time. 
But Tulsi Gabbard, when she speaks, you know, she's telling the truth. You know, she means what she says. And, you know, she's she's going to be a straight shooter. And like I said, you know, I, I, by the way, I was very encouraged to see her out there shooting AR-15s this past week because yeah. <laughs> something you would typically associate with Tulsi Gabbard. Right. She does train with them, obviously, with her military background. But uh, she's not somebody that is, you know, what you would call pro gun. But she's out there running on the range with AR-15s. And so maybe she's changing a little bit on that perspective, too. I don't know. Yeah, Put a little tingle um, in my heart when I saw that. Yeah, it was it was nice to see that. And. You know, sometimes that just that comes with having an awakening of, hey, if if everybody that I was in line with has been disappointing me and they're so wrong on these all, all of these other issues, what else are they wrong on? And her maybe going in search of answers and figuring out that, all right, maybe they were wrong on this one, too. Yeah, so, it, it, it'll be interesting I, to see I, what the follow up follow up from the Democrat Party is on her now. Will, will they throw her under the bus? Yeah. Will they say nothing? I have a strong feeling. Most of them will say nothing, which kind of tells you a little bit about their stand as well. They're afraid to take her on because she is so different from them that they're afraid if they start talking about her now that she's gone, it'll drive the wedge even deeper. Let's not forget that Tulsi Gabbard shot to fame with most of America when she was wearing that glorious white pantsuit. She was standing on stage during the debate. Yep. And the chosen one, Kamala Harris, was sitting there on stage next to her, and Tulsi Gabbard basically reached across figuratively and slit her political throat in front of the entire country yep. with about three sentences. And Kamala never recovered and has never recovered. And Tulsi Gabbard has the ability to do that to most of the top field of the Democratic Party right now. And I don't think that most of them are going to say it. I think eventually, um, you know, as people like Peter Ducey start asking the question, you'll probably get some people who say, well, we expected that anyway. She left the Democrats a long time ago, or whatever it was. Or they'll blame Fox News for radicalizing her or some other nonsense. Remember, Hillary Clinton, and uh, I think was it Pelosi that accused her of basically being an agent yes. for, for Russia? A Soviet agent. While she's still in the military. Right. Yeah. So, you know, horrendously awful attacks on this woman who should have, you know, led her to move away from the Democratic Party a long time ago. Um, but I, I would expect any any comment would be vitriolic just like those. I think you're exactly right. Always good to have you on. He, he fills in for me quite often when I need to be out. Casey Hendrickson from 95.3 MNC, and I'm glad that now we're able to hear him every week uh, from his office up there in South Bend, Mishawaka. Casey, for today, thanks, my friend. It's an honor, buddy. Appreciate it. Podcasts by Federated Media.